the Start Your Own Business podcast. Hear inspiring startup stories and get reliable expert advice on how to start your business and get off to the best possible start. Brought to you by Startup Donut, helping small businesses succeed. Hello, I'm Chloe Thomas, best-selling author and award-winning podcast host. Welcome to the second season of the Start Your Own Business podcast. In each episode, I'll be speaking to an expert or business owner to get practical advice from them to help you set up a new business and get off to a flying start. We want to save you time and money and help you to avoid common pitfalls. In this episode, we're talking about offline marketing. So all the things you can do to market your business, grow your sales, find new customers, without using the online marketing stuff like uh, Facebook ads, Google ads, and all those kind of things. So we're going to specifically be talking about word of mouth, about great customer experience. We're going to be talking about networking, um, and we'll also be talking about radio ads and newspaper ads. Prepare to be shocked about them because they're a lot more relevant for the startup and small business than you probably think. Before we meet our guest, please take time to find out about our sponsors, the Federation of Small Businesses, and how joining could be among your best business decisions. This series of the Start Your Own Business podcast is brought to you by Startup Donut in association with the Federation of Small Businesses. Running your own business is exciting. You've got a great idea, the ambition to succeed and lots of questions about how you can make your business a success. That's why the Federation of Small Businesses is behind you every step of the way, whatever your business dreams. With FSB's Startup Hub, you'll learn business law basics, discover top tips for securing funding and hear advice from successful entrepreneurs. From startup to scale up, start your business journey with the Federation of Small Businesses. Find out more and download a free startup guide today by visiting fsb.org.uk forward slash start. Let's meet our expert, Tony Dowling, who is the director of Swansea-based Real Inbound Marketing, which is a sales consultancy and web building agency that works for small businesses. So why is Tony here to talk about offline marketing? Well, in his 25-year career, Tony's also worked in radio and regional newspapers. And despite creating fantastic websites, he is a strong advocate of the business benefits of offline marketing. Hello, Tony. Hello. Great to be here. It's brilliant to have you here. We're talking about a subject close to my heart as well. I am also a strong advocate of the business benefits of offline marketing. So I think we're going to enjoy this one. Tony, in this heavily digital world, is there still a place for offline marketing for startups and small businesses rather than huge businesses? I think quite definitely. In fact, as may play out in our conversation, I would argue that offline marketing is probably the place for most small businesses to start. Digital marketing is misnamed in my opinion. It just means digital advertising to most people. And it's full of algorithms and cost per points and really complicated measures, which completely take your eye off what marketing actually is about. And if you like the old fashioned, the traditional marketing and and media approaches are far easier to get your head around and far easier to execute effectively cheaply. And I'm not supposed to say that. I learned that in in sales school. You're supposed to say cost-effective, but really, I mean cheaply. Offline marketing is far, far cheaper than digital marketing. So until you're ready, until you know about your message and you've nailed everything down, 
I would absolutely advocate for small businesses to play in that world first. Yeah, the digital stuff, it's, there's an awful lot of things you have to learn, which if your brain isn't set up for it, it's a complex space where you can lose a lot of money very quickly. Whereas the offline, it's a lot easier to do it on a smaller scale, making it cheaper, like you say, or more cost effective. And it's it fits more in the skill set, I often think, of the startup business owner. Yeah. So I, I love the way you're saying about that. So do you think we're, as I guess as an industry, do we make people a bit too focused on the, the, the sexy digital stuff, leading to people erroneously, I suppose, you know, accidentally ignoring the power of offline? Yeah, I, th- I think so. I think in marketing and advertising, particularly for a long time, and, the, you know, the number one message I want to get across to people today is that it's the me- it is the message, not the media, that's important. We spend far too much time, and I got a, I've got an idea why that might be the case. Far too much time worrying about where we're going to say something, versus how we're actually going to say it or what we're going to say. The message, and if we reverse that proportion, you know, if we if we spent eighty percent of the time worrying about what we were going to say, and twenty percent of the time worrying about where we were going to put it, we'd be far better off. But I think. Marketing as an industry has deliberately obfuscated, has made things much more complicated than it needs to be. I remember doing a marketing degree back in the day, which was nonsense. <laughs> it was <laughs> full of fluff and things that have been of no use to me as a marketer uh, since. And agencies, you know, agencies are a very strange breed if you think about it. It's in their interests for you to not understand what it is they can do for you. To, to you, They provide you with a solution to something that's hard to get your head around. Um, and you should be suspicious about that. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm a bit uh, longer in the tooth as well, and I'm a bit cynical about <laughs> these things. But the latest kind of splashy technique or technology must be treated with care, you know, especially for small businesses. Yeah, when the when the budgets are limited, you want to make sure you're giving yourself the best chance of, of deploying something which is hopefully going to at best, you know, at worst break even or even bring you some profit, but which you can quickly improve and scale up, yeah. which I guess is what, what offline can do. So we should probably talk about very quickly, Tony, for everyone listening, we're talking about offline marketing, which is as broad and crazy a term as online marketing is. So what what key channels, what key methods of online marketing would you be advocating for the smaller business and the startup? So I, I think the most powerful advertising has always been word of mouth. So I would I'd touch on networking as a key channel, especially for small businesses. Radio, local radio and, and regional radio has stood up to media fragmentation far better than most other media and still reaches enormous amounts of people. It's still very much a, a, a cheap way to buy advertising, although, you know, cheap in this case is a relative term. And your, and your local papers can still be very powerful, very important, particularly to a certain demographic. But, but again, I'd say, you know, worry more about the message than the medium. Worry more about what it is you want to say. That's the key part. I think the two sides of the coin are, what is it, you know, you do for somebody? What is your, what solutions you provide? Who are they and where do you find them? And, you know, it's very easy, particularly if you're a big marketing team and a big marketing, a big business to say, well, they're on Facebook because 2.7 billion people are on Facebook and the chances are your customer is too. Um, But that, you know, therein lies a problem cutting through it on Facebook is extraordinarily difficult. And we have a customer we, we literally just onboarding who spends an awful lot of money, you know, coming up for tens of thousands of pounds 
And the only results he's been shown by his agency are impressions, our audience hits. The ROI, the actual return on his investment, has been minimal. So he's not actually selling anything through the fancy digital marketing. So the question has to become, what's the point in doing it? Yeah, and that's shocking if he's only been giving it, given his impressions. He definitely picked the wrong agency yeah. and quite possibly the wrong marketing method as well. So you, you've mentioned word of mouth and networking, which is ostensibly free in a cash sense yep. to some extent, and the local radio and the local papers. So let's tackle them one by one. I think, Tony, yeah. that seems as good an idea Why as any. Yeah. So the word of mouth piece is unbelievably powerful in all levels of business because it it brings in kind of that trust and that social proof. You know, whether you're standing in a room going, hi, I'm Chloe, I do X, etc." you're physically there. So you're a lot more trustworthy than a, fa- than a, you know, a Facebook ad or something anyway. And then you also, if someone starts talking about you, they're you know, if your friend talks to you about another business, they obviously transfer some of that trust. So the question with word of mouth marketing is always, how do we actually generate it? Because we want it, but we can't spend a hundred quid and get X amount of word of mouth marketing. So how do we go about generating yeah, it? Yeah, it's a great question. I think, and again, I think it's something we worry about. Instead of just doing it, we worry about how, how do we generate it? How do we measure it? And, and so on and so on. So when I when I think of word of mouth today, it, it brings me to um, to, to the, uh, it creates this thought of of customer experience today. So what we're learning as as the world gets faster and faster, content increases exponentially, more and more channels open up. What we learn is actually the people's experiences are the only way that you'll differentiate. There's so much competition. There's so many other messages that the experience that somebody has when dealing with you, with you your product or your service is, is, is the true differentiator. It's, it's, incre- it's an incredible stat. Something like half of the FTSE 100 chief execs believe that their businesses compete on customer service. They believe they offer better customer service than their opposition. But something closer to 80% of most customers who are polled believe they generally get poor service. Now, as an extraordinary stat and a, and a disconnect between business and, and customers, and this is a massive opportunity for small businesses, because the big the big business with you know their customer success agents and their live chats and all that kind of thing, they can't offer the sort of customer experience that brings brings people back and gets people talking. So rather than worrying about how do I push word of mouth, what, what does it even mean? Worry about providing awesome customer experience. Listen to your customers. You know, don't just do what you want to do. Talk to them. Get feedback from them, and make sure they've had the greatest experience that you can possibly. And and it doesn't mean everything's gold plated and and silk lined. You know, it just means for what it is you do, you've done exactly what it is they require. Because those are the the watchwords. You know, in digital marketing, as as they call it, and but in the world today, is convenience and experience. We want it to be easy and frictionless, and we want to we want to come out of it with a smile on our face. What I love about that, Tony, is is kind of the fact that that small businesses are generally better set up to give good customer service than big businesses because the person giving the customer service usually has an awful lot invested, knows the owner, knows or is the owner. So it's so it's easy for you to do this. And guys, this is what you should be doing in your business anyway. So it's a marketing method that just naturally occurs by you being great at what you do and looking after your customers. You also mentioned networking when we were mentioning word of mouth. So Tony, do you want to give uh, the audience a couple of tips on how to do networking successfully? Because yeah. it's 
it's easy to waste a lot of time doing networking yeah, be, badly. Been there. <laughs> you too. <laughs> yeah. And it's a, it's a horrible thought in it, you know, standing in a room full of 30 other people, all of whom are trying to sell to you rather than buy from you. So, yeah, you've you got to think there's, there are a couple of things I'd, I'd like to, to get across, really. The, f- the first is you need to be really clear about what, you, what it is you do, even down to the point where you can, you can tell somebody in a sentence the elevator pitch, as, as they call it, the people that you serve and the thing and the problem that you solve. OK, so I, I'm, I'm Tony. We help scaling businesses make more money from their websites. That's it. That's, that's the entire thing. OK, that's, that's all I need to say. If a conversation ensues, then great. It, you know, we can spread more widely. I, we can deep dive into one of the topics. But I just want to tell people who I'm interested in talking to because they may know somebody that I might be able to help. And I want to tell them, you know, in the broader sense, what it is I do. In the nar- <laughs> I'm sorry, in the narrower sense, what, what it is I do. Because we, we don't need to get into the broadness of it. And that's a mistake people Make. So, yeah, I'm, I'm Tony, and you know we build websites, and we're a HubSpot partner, or we do sales consultancy as well. We build lead funnels. We, you know, jargon, jargon, jargon. The person opposite me is just switched off, right? And the other thing I, I want to get. So, so the most before I get to that, the more specific you are, the more likely it is for the other person to actually understand what it is you're trying to say to them. And what you're trying to find in a, in a networking uh, scenario is is a is a connection. You're just trying to have a conversation with somebody. And you're trying to establish. I love that, Tony, yeah. because it's like it's like you that little one-liner. You're putting the flag up, waving it, going, "Who really wants to speak to me?" And often, I, I find people in networking events thinking they've done well because when everyone starts milling around, ten people are queuing up to talk to them, and the chances are number ten in the queue is the actual target customer. But because you waffled on, used up all your time talking about you know services you haven't haven't sold for two years, you've got a load of kind of faffy people to get through to get there whereas if you do a really concise piece and the right single right person comes up to you you've got all that time to properly build the connection with them so how do we work out what networking events to actually go to because that's half the battle isn't it yeah and it's a great great shout so the three types of networking in in my view in my opinion and three types of networking that we benefit from as a business so the first one is what springs to mind the the event uh, whether it's been on Zoom, as, as has been the case, or Teams, uh, or face-to-face, which is starting to come back into fashion. You know, it's, it's an interesting one, that, isn't it? Probably a subject all of, all of its own. Should we do face-to-face networking? Um, so that's, I suspect you and I could debate that one yeah, for the next hour. For sure. So we'll save yeah, the audience. For sure. that. that's, maybe that's the next one. The second type of networking is online networking, right? Is, is LinkedIn. Let's pick on LinkedIn as a brilliant example. You cannot find a better way to link uh, than LinkedIn for for networking. Networking is on LinkedIn is easy, it's clean, it's efficient. You can do it in your pants, in your bedroom, in your office, wherever you need to be. It's it's a terrific approach, and it can be automated, um, albeit you need to be careful with that. But it can be automated to deliver networking at scale. And the third type of networking is networking that you do with your customers. So the best people to sell to are people who've already bought from you. The best people to recommend you are the people that you've you've given this great customer experience. And the fact that you can just ring up customers and ask them, is there anybody else I can help? Is there anybody you know that needs my service? If you've done a great job for people, people are absolutely more than happy to recommend you on. And we don't do that enough. We don't talk to our customers. There's another little aspect as well. We're in a sector 
uh, ourselves, Chloe, you know, we were sort of in marketing, you would call it. And lots of uh, people, accountants, get a community around them and, you know, chippies and electricians get a community around them and so on. And that's a really important network as well. So actually, I, we get a lot of business working with other agencies who can't do the thing that we do or maybe have not enough capacity so we can help them out. And we, we go the other way as well. We, we offload pe- things to people. So that's the, the, the three types are the face-to-face networking, the traditional networking, if you like, in a room with people or, or on LinkedIn, you know, you can do it electronically. The networking I did you with your customers, which is massively overlooked. We, we sort of sell to them and then kind of hope that we don't have to talk to them again in case it went wrong. Um, but they love us and they love what we did from. And then the third, within our own sector, you know, up and down the supply chain, as they say. So if you work at a certain point in a, in a business's supply chain, who's below you, who's above you, who also works with your customer, who could you maybe build up a partnership with? I love the fact you've included other businesses in that group there who are kind of within your supply chain or even offering almost exactly the same thing as you because it's they're not your enemies 90, 99% of the time they're not your enemies and you know you gave the example of the chippies there the carpenters it, you know builders and carpenters they like certain sizes of job but it's not down to the customer to know what size job you like and if you like doing the small bits you've got a friend who likes doing the big bits swap the leads for the you know for the inverse and that works in so many spaces it's such such a great way to 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 do that kind of offline non-digital marketing Okay, so that's that's networking and word of mouth. The next one you mentioned, Tony, was local radio, which I think I think most businesses are quite scared of doing because partly because I think they've got to be creative enough to come up with an advert, um, and also because local radio it it seems so grand and impressive because again that huge amount of trust of the radio station reflects on the businesses who are advertising. Oh, I couldn't possibly advertise on the radio, but it's just not like that really, is it, behind the scenes? So, yeah, it, it maybe, maybe was the case, but things have changed. And radio stations are extremely hungry. <laughs> they get a lot of their money from national advertising, and most radio stations have consolidated in, into some big sort of faceless group. But local programmers and, and local salespeople still have a job to do, and they're they're far more inclined to be helpful if i'm inclined to do uh, the hard yards if you like to help get you to air and what you need to consider really the, the primarily is what is it you're going to say there's only three reasons why an advertising campaign will ever fail and that, that's the copy of the ad the frequency of the ad and the timing of the ad so basically you give out a garbled message that's not creative and nobody can understand you don't buy enough advertising or you try to sell freezers in the middle of winter. You know, that th- those are the only things that can go wrong, right? So if you get your copy right, if you have a, a strong message like the one that we talked about earlier, you know, your, your elevator pitch, as they call it. I'm Tony. We help scaling businesses make more money through their website. That's all you've got to get across on radio. That's all you've got to do. Now, hopefully, the radio station will help you be creative. You don't have to do that yourself. And today, they'll have packages and they'll have approaches I can actually break that down really cheaply. I mean, I'm talking, you know, 500 pounds for a month worth of advertising on some services, which is old newspaper money. You can, you can, can we just repeat that, Tony? Because some of the audience just gone, whoa, hold on. Yeah. What? Yeah. No, I, no it, on some services, you, you know, and we're not talking about the big globals of this world. We're, we're talking about the regional and the independents and particularly the local stations. 
you know, a few hundred pounds even, but certainly 500 pounds for a month worth of advertising, a thousand pounds for a month worth of advertising on a decent size station. Production might cost you a couple of hundred quid, depending on the type of ad that, that, you, that you want to do. And they're by no means out of reach. And, and in fact, that, that's sort of fallen into the TV uh, uh, arena these days as well. Another broadcast media or the other broadcast media, I should say, television, if you look at buying segmented TV now, AdSmart is a, is a good example from Sky. I, mean, I had a customer recently, one of our clients spent his entire Christmas campaign over a few months, cost 5,000. Now, I know that's a lot more than 500 pound, but 5,000 pound for a TV campaign that covered his whole area for the whole period of Christmas is, is scary cheap compared to what TV used to cost you. It was 50,000 pound to get on TV. And, you know, that may not be out of reach, particularly if you've been around for, for a little bit longer. But the big advantages are, you know, everybody hears that message. Radio's reach, TV's reach is still huge. Um, you don't, you know, <laughs> despite what you read. Um, we still watch telly, we still listen to the radio, and, and radio is still the only medium you can consume pre-shopping when you're in the car. Um, it's not very safe to Google things when you drive in to the shops. You know, you, you'll, you'll reach people. <laughs> or read the newspaper. Or read the newspaper, exactly, yeah. Um, so, yeah, so radio, and, and of course, there are other ways to execute on radio as well. So you can buy airtime for sure. But you can also get involved with competitions, get involved with events, experiential, as we call it, or, you know, getting the station to your event with an outside broadcast, co-promotion ideas. There's loads of things that you can do with a, you know, if, you, if you're lucky enough to get a good salesperson at the radio station or um, a really creative programme director, then you're landed. You really are. Excellent. So that, that's, a, that's a big opportunity there for the small startup because the, the prices are far lower than I. I thought we'd be starting at a few thousand, but starting at 500, that's amazing. Mm. And let's talk then about the third area you outlined at the beginning of our conversation, which was the local newspaper. Mm. Tony, how, how, how much is that costing? How effective is it? How can we start advertising in the local paper? So I, I, don't, I don't want to talk, or I won't talk about the price, but I don't want to focus on the price because it leads us to that place where we start to think more about where we are going to advertise rather than what we're going to say. The local papers, it's fair to say, have had a you know, tumultuous time. They're, they're, they are they're transformed. You know, when I started, my first ever job was selling newspaper advertising and I loved it. I thought I was going to be in print forever. It was so exciting. You know, the press is thundering around in the in the basement and running to the stone, as we used to call it, to make sure your customer's advert was correct before it was printed, because it never was. Um, and, you know, all, all that ink and we were, we were almost news people, you know, you, not just newspaper people, but... That, that, that's kind of receded because everybody wants to work in digital marketing and stuff. But even though they're smaller now than they were, they're still as important to the communities they serve as they were. And the critical part here is understanding your audience. And I think if your audience is likely to be a newspaper reader, and not everybody is, but if it is, then the local press is extremely cheap way to get there. So to give you an example, you know, full page adverts in a big regional paper back in the day were probably 10, 15,000 pound ago. You can get full page adverts in, in your local paper in full color, most likely, for a couple of hundred pounds now. Such has been the downward pressure on prices because, because of the internet, you know, so, so this is the flip side of the pressure that those businesses have been under. They now offer us 
small businesses far greater opportunity because of the tumultuous time that they've been through. So this, you're, you're talking about the newspapers, but I guess this also gets into kind of like small regional magazines. And I may be going totally off topic here, Tony, so do say if I am. But, you know, in my in my local area, we have a parish magazine, you know, created by volunteers with adverts in it, which don't cost very much for the year, but get delivered to every house every month. And I know, you know, I know the businesses who advertise in there get a fantastic, you know, it's one of their, their most effective forms of advertising for the year. So it's not just about down here in the Southwest, the West Britain or the Western Morning News. It's about being a bit, you know, seeing what comes through your own door, through your own letterbox, if you're in that area, isn't it? No, it's a great point. And, you know, community, it's about communities and it's about recognising the community that you serve and then utilising whatever tool is best or whatever channel is best to reach that community, right? So we used to say, back when magazines were the thing, this this up-and-comer internet, was basically like magazines, but online, right? We, and we used to say that you, you're missing out on the smell, you know, the heavy paper, the, the glorious photography. They're all re- real reasons why people prefer, and still do in many cases, still prefer magazines. But magazines have been really clever and they've niched. Um, and the interesting thing about that is that it becomes extremely easy to identify who's reading them. So I, I ran um, my, my biggest claim to fame Chloe, my, the high point of my media career was when I was um, managing director of a magazine called Metal Hammer. I've always been a rock fan and a, and a metal fan, and there I was in London running Metal Hammer, the Bible of heavy metal fans. And the readership was fiercely loyal. It was a readership you couldn't reach anywhere else. If your demo, if your target, sorry, if, you're, if, if the people you want to speak to, the community you want to speak to looks like that, you can't do better than to get a magazine that they're, they're all into. It's the same for bikers. And it's the same for the parish magazine. I used to say in all the sales training I did for people coming into advertising, you can make a parish magazine work if you get the advert right. Because it's about the message, not the medium. The magazine's going through the door. The community are waiting for it. They read it. They want to find out what's going on, what time the church services are, when there's a jumble sale or whatever else it is. Your nicely created advert can sit there and if you're serving that community and you're solving a problem for that community, it will work. Absolutely. Now, you've mentioned, you mentioned even message there again, Tony. Are there a couple of tips you've got for the audience for getting that message right? There's, there's three questions you need to ask, and none of them are as obvious as they sound. Um, the first is, who am I talking to? And that doesn't mean everybody. <laughs> I, know, I know we all think everybody can buy a product, and that probably is the case but we don't want to actually target everybody. Um, so for instance, in, in, a, in a radio station I worked in, we targeted a very specific person. It was a lady, actually, that's not true. It was a housewife, which was a man or a woman, uh, who was 37 and had two children in tow. That was the specific person because that was our sweet spot. And what we found is that demographic had broad shoulders as we call it, right? So we had a peak of that audience, 37 year old people at home with kids, But either side of that audience was really powerful as well. So people who were younger and people who were older, people who were in work, people who worked in professional jobs, they were all listening because we can all relate to that 37-year-old us with two kids, right? So you have to be really, really clear about who it is you're talking to, even down to the, the person. The second thing is what is it you want them to do? And I only want them to do one thing in an advert. 
in my marketing strategy, I may have loads of things I want to get across, and I may have lots of different communication objectives. But in my advertising campaign, be it on radio, be it in uh, on uh, television, or, or in the parish magazine, it needs to ask people to do one thing, and that is log into the website, pick up the phone, buy this product or service, wherever that product or service is. Don't over-egg the pudding, don't put too much information in, keep it simple, stupid, as we used to say. And the third sort of relates to the second, really. Give them a big enough reason to do it. So why should they do it? One big reason is way more powerful than lots of little ones. So you read adverts consistently with point after point after point after point as people try to overwhelm the customer with compelling reasons to buy, you know. One big reason, your solution, the thing that you do, the thing that makes you special is far more interesting than lots and lots of reasons why people should buy from you. So who are you talking to? Be very, very specific. What do you want them to do? Be absolutely ultra specific and why should they do it? One big reason is really important. Get those right and your advert will work wherever you put it. Excellent. And are there any kind of pitfalls to avoid as we're taking our steps into offline marketing? Obviously, not having the right message is going to be one of them. But are there any other common errors you see people making who are doing this for the first time? So the, the biggest problem we see is people who try to do it advertising, try to advertise wherever it is, and don't spend enough money on it because they haven't got enough money. So keep your money. Don't go into it half-baked. Don't buy an ad campaign that you are not sure is going to work because it won't. It's, there's far too much hope in people's advertising strategies. Oh, give it a try or worse, I feel like I should be doing it. I feel like I should, I should advertise. Don't, unless you can afford to almost lose the money that you're gonna spend on the campaign because it will take a while to get it right. Even on Facebook, it takes most agencies will tell you it takes three months to get the message in and, and, the, and the audience right before it'll start to work. Until you're absolutely sure about your message and, and where your audience are, don't do it. Don't waste the money. Stick to networking, stick to great word of mouth, stick to customer experience and focus in on that. Don't get distracted by all the rest of the rubbish. So we, we've researched in our business, we've researched where our business comes from. And, and we found that 90% of the business in our early years, especially, as we were introducing, as we were new, came from networking of one type or the other. Only 10% of the business came from stuff we were paying for. Um, so, you, you know, you think about direct outreach campaigns, you think about advertising, think about Facebook or, or any of those things. Only 10% return from those in terms of our overall um, turnover. 90% from one of those networking sources that we talked about, either the face-to-face -face networking on, on link, or on LinkedIn. The networking with our, our customers is absolutely critical and networking within our professional environment. 90% of our business comes from that even now. So don't worry is the message. Don't worry about spending big on advertising if you can't. I love that. And we've we've outlined so many things that can be done for essentially no money. There's no excuse to feel like you have to start spending money. Of all the things we've discussed today, and I suspect I know what the answer is going to be to this, Tony, but what's the one key thing you want the listeners to take away from this episode? It's the message, not the media. As I said, you know, we, we worry about where we're going to advertise, how often, how much we're going to spend. We just don't, we don't even think about what is it we're going to say. And you, once you get into this and, and you realise you look around, the vast majority of advertising is rubbish. It's just noise. It doesn't cut through. It doesn't mean anything. 
And that's not a good thing. <laughs> that shows how many people make that same mistake. So worry about what it is you need to say. Excellent. Uh, Tony, you've given us so much great, clear, sane advice, which I know will have helped a lot of the audience to take some things off their to-do list, as well as put some on it. So before we say goodbye, could you let the listeners know where they can find you and your business on the web if they want to get in contact? Absolutely. We're, we're at realinbound.co.uk. Feel free to email me on tony at realinbound.co.uk. I love working with small businesses. We do a lot of pro bono work and startup work. And if any of the things I've said today have really struck you or you want to pick a fight because you disagree, I'd love to hear from you. It'd be great to have a, have a chat about that. Excellent. Thank you, Tony. And again, thanks for sharing so much. It's been a real pleasure chatting with My you. My pleasure. Thanks a lot. So I hope that episode's really got you thinking about what you can do in the offline world, the traditional marketing world to improve your business, to get in those first sales, to start the ball rolling and to then accelerate it as, as your business rolls along. Um, I think the key points that, uh, that Tony mentioned there are, of course, the message. So if you get that message right, it's going to work really well for you. So first off, who are you talking to? Get really clear on who that avatar, that persona, that target customer is and be really precise because it makes the next two parts really easy. What is it you want them to do? Do you want them to call you? Do you want them to go to your website? Do you want them to drop you an email? Do you want them to come into your store? Be clear and keep it to just one call to action. Um, And then thirdly, why should they do it? What's in it for them? Why should they be getting in contact with you or taking whatever that call to action is? The second key point um, was how powerful offline advertising is a lot lower cost of entry than you think. If, if, you know, if you were thinking it was going to be thousands and thousands to do a local radio ad to get in the local paper, it probably isn't. So it's well worth having a conversation with them and the salespeople and the teams at those at those newspapers and at those radios, they really want new advertisers. So they're going to help you with the creative, with what you say, with your message. So and help you tailor it to their audience and get it out in the right times and all those kind of things. So that's a that's a great route to go down. And then thirdly, as Tony very clearly put it, his business They've analysed over the last decades how much, where their sales have come from, and it's been this offline marketing and predominantly these networking pieces. So generating the word of mouth by going to events and building connections there and on LinkedIn, by encouraging your customers to recommend friends, by giving them a great, great service in the first place, and by building relationships with people serving a similar customer and a similar need to you so you can pass leads around when they don't quite fit with you and they'll pass them to you. All those things cost almost nothing and in most cases, absolutely nothing and are just part of what you're going to end up doing anyway. So they're a brilliant place to start and a hugely powerful place because I know so many businesses, mine included, where the majority of the sales do come from that word of mouth piece. So don't think it's a temporary strategy. It's something you're going to do throughout the life of your business. We've covered a lot of ground. So to help you, you can find the summary notes for this episode and links to more free resources by visiting www.startupdonut.co.uk. That's donut spelt D-O-N-U-T. Visiting www.startupdonut.co.uk could also really help you to save time and money. This series helps you to complete key tasks and negotiate challenges when setting up and establishing your new business. So next up, we'll be covering 
online selling. Yes, e-commerce. I'll be chatting with a successful e-commerce brand about how they started and have grown their online store. Lots of tips in that one about marketing, websites, pick, pack and dispatch and much, much more. If you're enjoying the series, picking up valuable tips, please spread the word to others you know who are setting up a business or thinking about it. Thanks to FSB for making both series possible. And don't forget to download their free startup guide. Details coming up in a moment. Running your own business is exciting. You've got a great idea, the ambition to succeed, and lots of questions about how you can make your business a success. That's why the Federation of Small Businesses is behind you every step of the way, whatever your business dreams. With FSB's Startup Hub, you'll learn business law basics, discover top tips for securing funding, and hear advice from successful entrepreneurs. From startup to scale-up, Start your business journey with the Federation of Small Businesses. Find out more and download a free startup guide today by visiting fsb.org.uk slash start. 